She's just a girl and she's on fire. Hotter than a fantasy, lonely like a highway. She's living in a world and it's on fire. Filled with catastrophe, but she knows she can fly away. Welcome, innovative author, speaker, advocate, and change agent, Dr. Bonnie Bonita with a view on the new legendary WIGL AM 1570 begins right now. Hello and welcome WIGO family, 1570 AM. I am so pleased to be here. This is Dr. Bonnie Benita and my co-host, Pastor James Hunter. And we are just so grateful that God has amazed, God in his amazing wisdom has allowed us to be here today to spend another great day with you. In the studio, we have today Miss Stovall and Miss Brewster here. And I'm so happy to have you guys here, ladies. I'm so happy to have you guys here, ladies. Thank you so much. Yes, no, thank you. Perfect, perfect. So we're going to be discussing the single parents forum that Mrs. Stovall and Mrs. Brewster is working on. And uh, can you guys give us a little bit back, uh, more background about who you are and what you're doing in the Atlanta area in the community? Yes, thank you so much, Dr. Benita. And, of course, I'm always glad to be on WIGO. I know it's the new uh, pace setter. Um, radio, but seeing um, former, f- current, and former friends, I want to say former, I'll say current friends, Eli and Kevin, um, it's very warm welcoming. I'm Honorable Valencia Stovall. I was a former legislator, um, served down at the Georgia State Capitol, representing the areas in Clayton County from 2012 to 2020. And during that particular time, um, my second piece of legislation that was signed into law was House Resolution 279, and it is designated March the 21st as Georgia Single Parent Day every year, and it was signed into law by Governor Deal. And so um, being raised, born and raised in Atlanta, I moved to Clayton County in um, in 2006, and uh, when the seat became vacant uh, to run for office, but being heavily involved in Atlanta in the community with my dad, Levitt Stovall, and then now being able to do things down in Clayton County. So we appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with your listening audience about the Georgia Single Parent um, Day. That is amazing. And it also, uh, Ms. Uh, Brewster, what's your role with the organization? with the organization is that uh, I am the executive director of the National Leadership Group. Yes, ma'am. The National Leadership Group is the group that approached Honorable Stovall about Single Parent Day. I found out that in March the 21st in 1984 that President Ronald Reagan declared it as Single Parent Day. So I want it to be Single Parent Day here in Georgia. That's amazing. So well, let me ask you a quick question. So how do you ascertain a single parent? Are you saying a single parent household or just a single parent? Uh, Ms. Stovall or, or Ms. Brewster, can you answer that? What what signifies a single parent? If there's a death in the family or the husband or the wife is absent or the mom or the dad is absent, how do you determine what's considered a single parent? Well, what we found out is that it could be a person that never married. A person that's divorced with children. It can be uh, one of the parents can be incarcerated. Yes, ma'am. It can ma'am. be because of death. And it also can be a grandmother raising grandchildren. 
perfect. Okay, and then help me understand, because I know Pastor James Hunter have programs for youth that are trying to basically help them, uh, if they're misguided, help promote uh, honesty, integrity, safety, uh, work Place skills. So, with your organization, can you help us understand what the goals are for your organization and some of the challenges that you have with the organization? And I think Pastor will come on and speak to what his organization is doing to see if there's some synergy and possibility working with you guys on some things because he has an amazing program as well. Okay. Um, yeah, so when you're talking about single parents, um, like Beverly said, um, sometimes you become a single parent not out of uh, your own choice, but because of life circumstances. And so the purpose of us identifying Georgia Single Parent Day in Georgia is March the 21st. We know a single parent is a single parent year-round. And um, we want to be able to provide resources um, to our single parents so that they can be able to be um, better productive citizens, the children can be better children and be able to have the resources and be uh, in a position where they can be able to give back. And so with your program that you have, um, Pastor, um, you know, there may be some single parents. I'm pretty sure they're everywhere. They're single parents. And a lot of times they're faced with circumstances that are out of their control. And a lot of times they don't know where to turn. So when you talk about partnership, that can be formed with National Leadership Group and um, Georgia Youth Career Center, which is a company that I founded. Um, you know, there are always possibilities. Actually, Beverly and I were talking last night about our faith-based community and how they could play a major role because you have people in your congregation um, that are um, business owners. Um, they may be in the healthcare field. Yes. They may be in other uh, areas where our single parents are in need. So that's kind of one of the ways that we're really excited about the opportunity to be able to um, and thank Dr. Uh, Benita, Dr. Bonnie, uh, for connecting us because it is Georgia statewide. It's not just the metro Atlanta area. Um, and and as well as the parents that we recognize. Right. Uh, with that uh, saying, Dr. So, uh, Ms. So, Sobal, well, um, do you all deal with uh, the churches that have like the 501c3? Uh, the nonprofit organization, and and how would we be able to um, to help those individuals that come through the church? Because in our church, we do have um, low income families. Uh, uh, do that make a difference as well with the low income families? Because some of the parents I've met in our ministry, um, not only just women, and most and, and even in the black community, who all do you serve? Uh, because you also have men right. that takes on the role oh. as the single parent thing. Right. So with this uh, this this program that you guys have, uh, do it also support men or just support women? I'm just kind of break that down just a little bit more so okay. we can all know what we're doing and how we can all network. Not only me, but those that are out there listening to us know how to get in touch with us to make a difference in the community. Okay. Um yeah, we um we support men as well. We found out that there are quite a few men that are out there raising their children. Yes. What we have done in the past and what we're doing now, we have workshops, empowerment workshops that we're helping single parents in the area of finance, in the area of raising their children, and uh in the area of health. Now, we have had some uh, workshops at the mall. We have to go and meet them where they are. So we have had different workshops at the mall, and we have resources available to them also. Okay. Hey, man. All right. Great, great. Let, let me ask you a question. I just want to shift gears just a little bit, but we're going to stick with the same thing, what we're talking about. Uh, dealing with these, um, who, who's the high, what's the highest rate? Is it with the black community where we're having these single parents? Uh, raising their children and, and of course you know with that happening uh, the violence rate goes up as well what's y'all take on that I mean do more black men have custody of the young children or is it more women have custody how, how would you all look at that I mean because I want to know your statistics of that and how do you all I mean view that what is your view on that 
Well, definitely, um, you know, looking at the statistics, even when uh, when Beverly and, and Ms. Tom Macbeth um, approached me um, about the legislation um, back in 20, was it 16? 2016. Yeah, and it took about a year and, and a half um, to get it actually through the whole yes. process. Because sometimes when you hear um, single parent, that word, that connotation, it usually symbolizes something negative. Right. You know, oh, they wanted to be a single parent. So, you know, breaking that that barrier down to say, no, anyone can end up being a single parent. And once they become a single parent, we want to make sure that they have the resources that they need. And so we did find that there are, of course, more uh, women who are single parents. But at the same time, like you asked before about males. And so with our um, recognition awards and recognition um, event that we have coming up on March the 25th, and we'll also be at the state capitol on March the 21st. Um, you know, we'll be, we recognize men and we make sure that when the nominations come in, that they include both men and women. Um, and it's not so much as on the income level. Um, you could be, you know, well off and still be a single parent. You still have face, faces. You might have not face financial issues, right. but you're going to face growing up with adolescents in your household and not having that, that second parent there to strengthen um, discipline, uh, uh, strengthen more morality about right. what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And then if the child is sick, we have a, some single parents that are um, parents of disabled children. And so all of those things don't have necessarily to do with income, but it has to do with circumstances. Right. And so what we try to do with uh, with our partnership and with the whole um, identified March 21st, a single parent day, is letting people know that there are resources out there. And, of course, there are always need for more resources. Right. So we're teaching the single parents to advocate. You have elected officials um, that are elected to be your voice, whether it's on the local level, in your yes. city, your county, uh, or on the state level like I was, and even on the federal level where a lot of money comes down to the state, down to the local. Right. And so if they don't hear your voice, it's always like I tell people, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yeah. And so if you're not squeaking and that oil is not um, being placed where that squeak is going, then you're not going to be paid attention to so the whole purpose of us gathering up for March 21st, a single parent day in the state of Georgia, is to let our elected officials and others who are in a position of power to know that we have to start looking at those issues that are facing them. Right. Because if we don't address them, those children are, are going to age out into 18 and they right. become adults. And sometimes they end up repeating that process. And I think we was talking about generational poverty. Right. It was one of the things Beverly and I were even talking about last night. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Now, uh, with that, Miss uh, Stovall, um, how do you all work uh, with the parents, the single parents? Because, you know, with the single parent uh, raising their children, uh, if it's not two in the family, in the household, Usually, I found out in the with the statistics, they said that the younger people grow up and they have violence, mm -hmm. and and they and they have trouble in the schools, troubles wherever they go. They really are unbalanced or dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. Is that disqualifications if that parent or the single parent have that troubled child in their house? Uh, and do you have resources for that individual, that person as well? How, how did that? How does that work? So um, the resource part, that's that's a continuous process. It's never an end when you got, oh, we finished with all the resources we need. We don't need more help. It's always continuous because it's always something that's coming up. And because a lot of people don't even know about March the 21st, um, they don't know that we recognize um, single parents in the event that we, we'll have on March the 25th. It's going to actually be at the Sinesta Hotel and. Um, and people who are interested want to know they can go to national leadership, nationallg.org, um, to be able to find out more information. And we have selected about how many people? Uh, 34. 34 that's been nominated. So we didn't nominate the people. Their uh, family members or whoever saw them doing right, an outstanding yes. job. And you would just, it's just touch our heart when we see 
those people receiving those awards. That gives them, builds up their self-esteem, their yes. courage. Some of them are at the breaking point of want to commit suicide because they see there's no other help. Right. And so that kind of goes back even with the faith-based um, ministries being able to come in because we don't, that's not my area of specialty. Right. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, there's a lot that goes with that spiritually. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so being able to have those other resources of, or partnerships like mm-hmm. with your ministry yes. and others across the state that when someone calls us because we use it sometimes the first line of defense then we're able to say okay what area do you live in almost serving like a united way right right of, um, of 211 um but of course not that big but we want to get that big and it takes resources and uh, of course uh money to get there um, but we want to be able to say, hey, if you in this Snellville area, you know, yes. this ministry is there, reach out to them. And then also being able to connect our faith base to other resources to be able to help you all that when they reach out, you're able to continue to hold their hand and walk them through. If they're homeless, we have such a huge number of people that are now homeless um, because of the coronavirus right. effects. Um, and they're not being able to get rental assistance. Not having that's one food. of the things exactly. See, that's one. You know, of, I was getting to things. that. Yes, I was getting to that as well. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're talking about it because, you know, we deal with a lot of God bless, you know, and some of, and, and and I like to to work with our black community, mm-hmm. not, not against no other communities or race or whatever, but I think it's time that we reach back. Mm-hmm. To the black families. That's where the greatest need is. You, you follow me? Because that's where the struggle is. Yeah. That's where the problems are. Right. And we need to face it. The reality of the fact is it's, it is what it is. Yes. And, you know, we got people that are dealing with the Section 8 housing. Mm-hmm. Do y'all focus on that, the Section 8 uh, housing? Because in Mobile, where I come from, mm-hmm. you know, I had a lot of single families right. that dealt with Section 8. Right. And uh, do y'all support them? Rental assistance. I think they call it the... Um, the Red Cross is it the Red Cross? Well, we have are the volunteers of America. Yes, Salvation Army. I mean, there are several organizations that are in place, and several others that you may not even hear of. Right, they do a lot of work. So, kind of on a bigger perspective, when you think about our collaboration with the National Leadership Group. Um, being the lead organization and partner, Georgia Youth Career Center, and others that partner together, is that we kind of want to be that kind of big umbrella that says we don't have the resources ourselves, but we want to connect you, so we want to be the connector. So if you're reaching out to us, then we want to say, okay, this is where you would go. This is where you would go. This is who you would call. Because I know Beverly and I filter a lot of calls and others that are on our committee um, because of the work that we've been doing over the years, and um, and with National Leadership Group, how long y'all been in existence? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. So, Beverly's been out there, you know, working specifically with single parents. That's been the passion and and the mission of National Leadership Group. Her and her uh, her board. And when they brought it to me, I was a single parent. And I think, I guess you still be a single parent when your children get grown. I don't know what, what you call it then. I haven't figured that word out yet. But, um, but still. As a single parent, I understood the struggle. And all of us, when we were talking yeah. to each other, being single parent, being single parents, right, right. you know, just by the grace of God that we were able to get through. Now our children had to, you know, go through the prison system or, you know, yeah, that's what I'm we talking, had right. struggles yes. that we went through. So, you know, it's upon, uh, based, put upon us to make sure that now we've made it through, that we reach back. Which reach one, touch one, touch one reach touch one, teach one, right? Yes, touch it's, one, touch a generation. Yeah, so super. We want that's what we want to be. So we're not the ones that's housing the resources, right? But we want to be able to help others, organizations like yours and and others, others. that house the resources to be able to so get more. Yeah, the better network. Yes, and the more we're able to do that, it expands out all the way down to South Georgia, rural areas that don't have yes. as much um, resources. And, you know, they have to travel so far to get to them. Yes. So that's why it's a Georgia Single Parent Day. Okay. And so when we go down to the state capitol on March the 21st, um, starting at 9 o'clock, we'll be talking to the legislators. And, it, and what we also do is help our single parents to connect to their legislators. Yes. That's where the conversation And that's where you are guys come in at right. as their mouthpiece in, right. that situ- in that instance. Question I want to ask you before we get to asking the other question, how to okay. contact you guys, how to get in touch with the organizations. Uh, before we get into that, I want to ask you this. Uh, if someone joined um, this group uh, and they finished the course, 
and they fall back into a hardship. Is it possible that they can re-enter this thing for the second time? Well, it's not necessarily a, a, a course or uh, anything like a, a program. Yes, it's so, t- there you go. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a continuous. So okay. it's no, because things happen. You might be okay right now, five minutes, and then something out of your control because life happens. Life, yes. That you end up, okay, I thought I was okay. I didn't need food today. But then, Three months you know, later, I, messed you know up. I found out that my job is cutting back. They're going to reduce my hours. So now I don't have the money that I thought I had budgeted for. So now I'm in another position where I might need food. So what's the closest food pantry to me? And now since I'm going to have my hours cut, I might need now workforce development. Or I want to go back. You know, my lifelong dream was to be a nurse. But I didn't see the pathway at that time. Can you all help me to be able to get into a technical college? You know, that's where I'm able to start. I don't have any money for school. Is there a scholarship where we have a Hope Scholarship where, you know, people that are within a certain income level can be able to go to the technical college at no cost? And then from there, you're able to get, you know, other things to be able to help you. Okay, but now I'm going to need, probably need someone to keep my kids because I want to go to school. Right. So can you all help with that? Okay, yeah, you know, they're early life. Child care or something, yeah. You might, be able to, you might qualify for the child care subsidy yes. that you might not have known about. Okay, well, now I got that solved. Now I need transportation. You know, is there someone we'll that you can help me get, and get, and get like back and forth? Yeah. And so then you're able to connect. It kind of goes like this. So you're taking the totality of that family. Family. And what you're saying is, what are your needs? Even though you don't see all of them now, just put them all on the table. And then as they come up, you call, contact us back. So you can coordinate okay. all right. of this to right. direct them where they need to go right. and how what they need to do. And also whatever resources that you all have personally that you can be able to help them with that right. way. Okay, great. Well, well, i tell you what. Here's, here's one ask again. Um, what calls the single family of the single parent to be single parents, especially in the black community, Dr. Stovall. Yeah, uh, you either, get uh, doctor. I ain't got that yet. I'm just, <laughs> well, we prophesied that. I, I take it. I take it. I ain't going to say no. Hey, so man, man. Say, listen, we going to prophesy that. That's okay. You know, and that's amazing. To, but what what can we do to to prevent prevent? Right. You know, the single mm-hmm. past. I mean, Doctor Bush. What, what did you say? You know, taking that doctor. Go ahead. Doc. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I receive it. But anyway, uh, one of the things that we found out out here working with single parents, we got a lot of single parents that never married, had children out of wedlock. Yes. That that is big. Yes. And to me, we have to work with that person on an individual basis because uh you know, we know uh as Christians it should be abstinent. They should, you know, practice abstinence. But we know that they are out there and they're doing things. And they're doing things because they don't love themselves. It's it's according to what they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. And it could be different reasons why they're doing things. Right. But the majority of them are out of wedlock. Right. So do y'all deal with mental health? Yes, we have. How, can you express uh, explain that you all dealing with mental health? Because you have some people, um, when they go through these uh, issues and they have these trauma, traumatic uh, situations going on in the house, the, the husband might have abused the wife in front of the children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, later on, it may not happen at that moment uh, because I knew when I was growing up and it's and this I'm, I just I'm transparent. I like to speak real life issues. Uh, we grew up in the projects. Mm-hmm. We, we grew up in the projects. And the crazy thing about us growing up in the projects, it's not where you begin it's where you end up. Right. That's that's how right. I believe right. when there was a gunshot. Guess what we did? Sister Brewster and Sister Sophie. Guess what we did? Hit the floor. We didn't hit the floor. We ran to see where the bullet shot yeah. and where the gun was sounded. Oh, so, so we're talking to people that's out there that, that, that hears us, mm-hmm. and they're dealing with the same thing. When they hear a gunshot, you, most people would sense we hit the floor, yes. go for shelter. Mm-hmm. Back then, see, this, I'm showing you how we was traumatized. Yes. Right. We would run to see where the gunshot was coming from. Now, you know something is wrong with that. Right. Now, 10 years, 15, 20 years later, 
I'm dealing with depression, mm-hmm. mental illness, all of these different things because of that. Right. Daddy wasn't there mm-hmm. to say, hey, son, sit down. Right. You know, you got women raising men. Yeah. And, you know, that's another problem in the family. Right. And so, so me saying all of that, how do we address that? And what sources? I mean, I know you, you all said that you can orchestrate whatever, but how do you just address that right. when you have these different issues? Because what happened ultimately, uh, it becomes mental illness, right? And you have problem with that. So how do you? How? What do we do with that? So I think it starts at an early age. It starts in our middle and high school. You know, talking with our young people at that age when they're in their formative um, years. Yes. Um, not when they become an adult because they've already formalized, you know, their mindset. I mean, you still can talk to them. Um, so when you talk about prevention, prevention is always how do you keep what's, what you see happening now? How do you slow it down? Sometimes you can't eliminate it, but you can at least slow down the pace of it. So it's going to be have to be simultaneous. So you're going to be addressing the adults and the workshops, seminars, and and actually exposing them to other things that they might not even well, thought exist. And that's right. But what if they don't have the exposure? You got mm-hmm. people that don't even know how to read. Right. You got people that don't have the resources and the money. Is, the government is dumping money into these organizations. Right. But you got a parent that's out there that's listening. Right. They may listen to the radio station. But they're not listening to the other places, right. the other things, the other resources, and they don't know how to get in touch. And I'm thank I thank God for you guys that you come on the show to reach out to those people, the urban, the rural, whatever area that they live in, to show. I mean, shine the light of hope right. because we need people like yourself. Yes. I think the change that we're looking for, it first have to start within ourselves. Yes. Because yeah. I like what Dr. Bunny says. He said, each one reach one and each one teach one. Right. If you don't teach us how to be productive, effective, right. and efficient, we're going to fail. Yes. We're going to fail the grace of God, and there's no return. And now we're we, we in a bad situation. And, 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 you know, I always just, I like to look back on our people to help them to get to that place. Because, you know, back then, you know, they had this thing called vocational classes. Right, yes. right. Uh-huh. And most people didn't go to college. Those right, vocational right. classes helped the young people, especially in the black community, because right. I was in that era. In mm-hmm. high school. And, in high school. Right. You can be a brick masonry. You can be a plumber. You can be an electrician. You can be a carpentry. HVAC. HVAC. Mm-hmm. And, and now they switched it up. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go four, you know, go to college for four Some people don't want to go to school right. like exactly. for four years. Mm-hmm. You know, and they took those 30-year jobs away from people to make a living. And, 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 and so much have changed. But now we say, hey, we want you to pick up this book. And, you know, most people, they said back right. then, if you check it out, they say most blacks, y'all heard this before, right. don't pick up a book. If you right. want to hide something from put them, it the put it in a book. And we are now saying, if, if y'all agree with me, uh, uh, Sister ba- uh, uh, Brewster and St- Stovey, can we agree with this? We are going to open our mouths and share with them that are less fortunate, right. that yes. may not have a way to get to where we are. That's why we're here on the radio station to share with the world right. and those out there in the radio station to hear what God has blessed us. Right. Our, it's our time. Do, do y'all agree with that? Right. Yes, yes, sir. Yes. Amen. But listen, before we, before we go, we're going to take a break. And I want to come back to you guys. And we want to continue on with this. Is that okay with you all? Yes, right. At this time, we thank you guys for joining with us on Dr. Bonnie with a view. I'm your co-host. Pastor James Hunter, thank you. Dr. Bonnie Bonita with a view will be right back. That feel-good music lives here on WIGO AM 1570. Ellenwood, Morrow, Georgia. We are the legendary WIGO. Pace Setter 1570 AM Atlanta. At Eviction Help Now, we help stop evictions. Call now for a free consultation, 678 678- 
678-468-4940. That's 678-468-4940. Are you facing an eviction? Do you know anyone that is? A neighbor, co-worker, friend, family member, or church member. Call Eviction Help now. 678-468-4940. Eviction Help now. We can provide up to 90 days to help you fight your eviction so you won't have to move in seven days. We offer fast, effective, efficient, professional help. Eviction help now. Call now. Eviction help now. 678-468-4940. That's eviction help now. They just love to learn and another child grows up to be somebody you just love to burn. Mom loves the both of them. You see, it's in the blood. Both kids are good and bomb. Blood's thicker than the mud. It's a family affair. Dr. Bonnie with a view. I'm your co-host, Pastor James Hunter, and we have here our special guest today, Ms. Stovall and Ms. Brewster, dealing with single parents. Hello, guys. We are back again. Yes, yes. So the moment we had this break, what happened? Did, did something, did you soak something up differently than what we talked about just a minute ago? We want to hear your thoughts. Let, let us preempt your thoughts at this time, Miss 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 Brewster. Uh, my thought is that, see, I was a single parent also. Yes. Although my kids are grown, so we know what struggles that single parent go through. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, to want to reach out and be able to help them, because we've been there. Now, my struggle may have been a little different from, from others. Honorable Stovall or others, but yet and still it was a struggle. But the thing about it, I got through it. And the only way I got through it was through God. God right. had to bring me through it, okay? Right. But there were other resources and people out there that was helping me also. Wow. Okay? Because what we want to do, even as single parents, we want our children to be productive yes. and successful and professional. That's right. We want them to be good citizens, and that can happen. Now, you know, the people that are listening to us, Sister Stovall and Miss Brewster, the people that are listening to us now, they say, and some say, oh, they got it made. They probably be married. 
they got all the money. They drive the nicest cars. You know, that's reality, right? Right. Because, you know, people that are listening now will say that about us. But we would love to hear, if you don't mind with this, because we people need to know. Yes. I just I didn't I had a struggle before the glory. Mm-hmm. I struggled. I cried. My yes. bills got turned off. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yes. And if we can be transparent, yeah. If y'all don't mind, would y'all let them let the world know that there is a way out and there are resources because especially in the black family, we don't know the resources. Even if we don't understand clearly, can we break that down before we just express uh, express your singleness okay. as a parent first your personal experience so they can know it now it is hope for us and then kind of break down there's resources as well could you do that uh miss honorable booster okay <laughs> uh like i said i was raising three kids by myself two sons and one daughter yes yeah we had hard times we had uh, utilities that were cut off See, people need to hear this. Uh, we had uh, sometimes the food was real low. We had to eat what was in the refrigerator. And these are great people, guys. We <laughs> listening to now. These are great people sitting here in the station. Okay, all right. But I always had a desire to work to want to have something, and I knew my gifts, and I always tried to identify what gift, talents, and abilities that my children had. And that's how I work with them. But I had to let them know that I was the authority figure in the house. Yeah. I had to be a d- disciplinary in the house because I had to have control. But God was the, he was present in our home. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it, it was hard. I, I won't say it was easy. But we got through it as a family. Yeah. So those folks say you take God everywhere you right, go. Right, That's part right, of that right, too as well. Yeah. It just wasn't just I was single and I had to do it by myself. So God yeah. wasn't part of that. We right. we have the Honorable Stovall here with us. Honorable Stovall Law, would you express to us about uh, your personal experience as a single parent? Because, again, like we talked to uh, uh, Miss. Uh, Brewster just a minute ago people think that you guys never had a hard time <laughs> in your life and, and that's the y'all know that yeah people don't think or know that you all had hard times too right, but you right. pressed the bit you you endured yes could you express that to them and us mm-hmm. just a little bit of your experience to get you I mean and actually that, that experience what's qualified you for today yes do you agree with right. that do y'all right. agree with right. that right. Yeah. Right. and, and then give us some s- some sense of how we can get the proper help that we need because some of us like, oh, they had help. They was born with a man. I was born with a wooden spoon in my mouth. <laughs> it's had splendors, <laughs> everything. Honorable <laughs> Stovall, come on, talk to us. All right. So you know, I grew up in a two-family household. My daddy was very, very present um, in my life, in my two my two sisters and everything, and uh, but. You know, just like Beverly talked about earlier, the choices that we make, you know. Um, so I um, wow. ended up getting pregnant. Um, I was in college. and um, So you was married at that time? No, I was not married. Oh, you were single? I was single. And black? And black. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so um, so that was a whole new, uh, new task, a new responsibility you have to take on. And now you are responsible for a new life. And um, and then you have to mature very, very fast. And you single at a young age yeah. and trying to go to school. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I had to drop out of college um, because of, you know, trying to financially support uh, my son. And then I later on had got married at, some years later and then had to get a divorce. Um, I had my daughter. So now I was two children and single uh, and a divorcee. And, and it was not easy. Um, you know, raising uh, both those kids. And like, you know, Beverly, you know, sometimes you had the lights cut off. Um, you had to try to figure out, you know, uh, transportation, how you're going to get back and forth. And, yes, my family did a support me. But as a parent, you it's a lot of stuff you have to sacrifice. And that's what I told my kids constantly. Yes. Is that I'm making a lot of sacrifices for you to make sure that you don't have to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. You know, um, school, my son was very, had a lot of behavior problems in school. So trying to balance between work 
and then going up to the school to make sure, you know, he does what he's supposed to do. Uh, he had a disability, uh, with learning disability, so that required me to be extra involved. So I was involved in PTA and all of that, but that's the sacrifice that you have to make, and you have to be that way you as a parent, a single parent, have to make that determination that, you know, I'm going to sacrifice now to see what the benefit is going to be yes. later. You know, um, trying to figure out how you're going to feed them. You're so tired when you get home, you can't figure out what's what. You've been behind on your rent. Trying to figure out, Lord, hope I don't get cut, you know, put out. Yeah, you and even having to and, get rental yeah. assistance, I don't got some eviction notice on my on my credit. That, yeah, you know, and all of that. But you know, knowing that, like Beverly said, that you had the foundation and belief that God is taking you through something for a reason. It's not comfortable at yeah. the time. You always ask him why. The process. Now. Yeah, the process. But now, when I look back. If I had not gone through all those things, I can't talk to other people right. who are going through it right now because they're like, you don't understand what I'm going through. <laughs> what you mean by this and that? But you said, hey, I'm part. I'm your hope, you know, yeah. of, of saying you can get through it. Yeah. But you know, it's gonna. You got to be determined. That's the other thing we talk about. You got to be determined. Determination. Yes. You're gonna make the opportunity for your kids better, even if that sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. So you telling me you did have some tears? Oh, a lot, a lot, a lot. And nobody cared. No, no, they ain't care. Cause your they, pillar knew more about your business than anybody. Uh, that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> and people don't believe that. That's the yeah, truth. That's people, you y'all that are listening to me out there. And we can all relate to this. Your pillar know more of your business than some of the people that are that's around you. Right, right. Did you have the support, Doctor? Yes. I mean, Honorable Stovall. Yes, I had my family support, but you know, it's still you are that parent. Yeah, you know, and you have to make the decisions for them. I, yeah, I had a lot of support, and I really don't think you know. Besides the support, of course, believing in God and all of those, but yes. him placing. People along the pathway, not just my family, mm -hmm. but other friends. And so that's one thing is encouraging those who are out there is find that support. And some people don't have the support. Right. You know, we meet people that come from out of town, that move to right. Georgia into the area and they don't have anybody. Right. You know, and so, you know, being able to find organizations and being able, like I said, that collaboration part, yes, yes. you know, is very, very important. Yes. Because they need to know is who can I call with? I just don't know what to do. I'm at the wits end. I just don't figure that, you know, I done ran through my savings and the little money I had, you know, I just don't know what to do, you know, and they need to be able to know who can I call, right. you know, that's near me and that's not going to spread my business that's out, key. you know, that if I ask them for help, then they throw it back in my face, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's not, I, yeah, I don't want to get no more help if you're going right. to throw it back in my face. Yes. Now, uh, my family really helped me. And also, my church, the church, the ministry that I was a part of, yes. they really helped. But the ultimate responsibility I felt was on me. Right. Okay, I was responsible. So I was going to do everything I can do to support my kids. All of my kids went to college. I wanted to be able, just because they were in a single-parent household, I didn't want them to lack anything. So they still went to college. All three of them went to without college. The, without dad. That's right. So it is possible. It's possible. And black. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And made it. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Mm -hmm. Isn't that beautiful? Let me ask a question, and you all can answer. Uh, I def I want to ask my uh, Honorable Stovall this question because I heard you because I had a similar situation with my son. Mm -hmm. uh, he struggled through school. And... Um, it wasn't with the education of our academics. Uh, he, he was very intelligent, smart, but he had a behavior problem. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to get custody of him. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to. I, I wish I can really be transparent, just really. But the, the way they had it set up, it was to destroy him. Mm -hmm. That he wouldn't be where he is today. Mm -hmm. Now he's at the University of Alabama mm -hmm. getting ready to play ball. It's a blessing. And we yes. took him there. But my question is, <clears throat> Honorable Stovall, you said something about your son had an issue. He struggled educationally coming up. And you have people out there that they child a son, and most women love their son. Mm -hmm. 
because it's your baby. Right. But they're out there and they may not be struggling with educational things, but some struggles with their son being in the detention center. Mm -hmm. Some that's doing drugs at a young age. Mm -hmm. Some has been molested, raped, Mm -hmm. abused, perverted, whatever. Mm -hmm. Can you express to us that are listening because somebody out there is struggling like they and the, I want to I want to hush, hush up the hate naysayers mm-hmm. because some people are always like well she just went through this and she didn't know how it feel my son is on drugs right. and on dope and on alcohol and I'm, yeah you was too mm-hmm. so can you express or explain just can you talk to somebody that are, that's out there to encourage them to t- let them know that even though your son right now is at a bad, in a bad place to seem to be. It's not a loss. It's a lesson. Cause you express to them out there that are listening because they think that no, they still try to make an excuse. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just that, but let them know you really struggling and you hurt. You was broken in some moments. There's some moments you want to give up. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, love defeats everything. And um, and when you're going through and you're broken, it's hard for you to to, to show that love. And um, you know, with my son um, having a disability and behavior problems and having to spend time up at the school, that's a sacrifice I had to make to make sure because I looked at his future and I knew his future was going to be brighter than what it is now. But it was going to take me. God gave me him, and that's my, that my responsibility, mm-hmm. right? And so because I understood that part, I had to do all that I could that I understood to do. I had to be involved at the school because one thing I knew that is the teachers and everybody saw me constantly that they're going to have some kind of compassion for my son and they're not going to say, oh, that's just that little bad boy, put him over there in the corner. You know, so you got to be involved and it takes a lot of sacrifice. So once I learned to stop fighting against the challenges and the struggles I was going to have, and it lightened a little bit. It make it easy, but it lightened it a little bit. It lightened a little bit to know that okay, I'm gonna have to be at that school, and I'm gonna have to um, constantly talk to him. I have to constantly give him hugs, constantly tell him I love him, so that he'll know that hey. And I, I had to constantly tell him you represent me. When you at this school and how you act, that's how they think that I am. So you mean to tell me you had to see your son's future rather than when he didn't see it? Yes. Yeah. Why? Isn't that something? Yes. So those that out there listen need to see their children's future, right. not them, because they ain't gonna they they they're clouded. Right. They don't see their future. Is that right. what you're telling me? Yes. Wow. And once I was able to see that, and then I identified, like Beverly said. Identify what was it that made him stand out. What was his special gift that God gave him? And with him, it was music. He started playing the drums at the age of four by ear. I just used to have a bucket out there beating the drum, driving me crazy. But that's the sacrifice. So he didn't have no real drum set. No, he didn't. Uh-uh. A bucket. A bucket out in the uh, in the back. I played the buckets sticks. too. <laughs> So far, I played, and I had all types of buckets, the small, oh, yeah. the deep ones. He one of them gave the bass. One of them gave He set it all up. <laughs> and um, and so because I knew that was him, that's how I was able to help with the behavior problem. When he got into middle school, uh, he was able to join the high school band, and he played the cymbals. And so um, that so I knew music was something. He played in the church as well. He mm-hmm. played drums in the church. And that's what kept him. And so when he got into high school, was get, middle school, getting in trouble, I went and talked to the band teacher. And I said, listen, you know, this is what he liked to do. If he give any trouble to the teachers, I'm, is it okay if I had him to contact you? Because you're the only one that can control him at the school because you got something that he wants. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we got a communication. So parents, you have to communicate with those teachers. You have to, you know, talk to them and be open about who your child is and knowing that they're in a position, they're spending time with those teachers at least eight hours a day. Right. And so once I was able to do that, then when he got to high school, I did the same thing. So I didn't get as many phone calls because they knew, oh, let me go talk to him. He participated in his life. Right. And so now, you know, he's, uh, 31 years old. Wow. He's still in, in music, you know, still. And he, when it comes to playing at the church, he is there every Sunday. 
I, we used to joke them all the time. I said, I don't know whoever you're going to marry. You make sure you tell them that your music comes first and you got to be at that church. You don't care what's going on. They can say they about to fall out and they need your help. I got to go play. They're they looking for me. Yeah. But that taught them responsibility. Right. And, um, and so my advice to those that are out there is identify and pray and ask God to show you and reveal to you what is the special talent that God has given to your children. And use that to be able to help show them that love and support. And that's where, you know, reaching out to others. If your child is good at, at, with their hands and creating and always building and breaking down and tearing up stuff in the house, that's a blessing. That's something that means that they're going to be doing some architectural right. or something, you know, other than that. You know, something else in that field. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes when you're going through, you can't see the 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 you know the the sunshine on the other side. So that's our encouragement is look for the sunshine and those special talents that your children right. have, and that's what you hone in on and you drill in on and you keep telling, oh, you real good at that. You know, I'm good them, at that. Yes. Like I tell them, I don't know nothing about music. I can't sing, but I can talk. I, yeah. I said, but. That's something that you could be one day a professional, you know, right. musician or percussionist. Yeah. And then I used to give him books and stuff to read and say he wasn't real good at reading, but he would read about stuff that, had that, he, was that he was yeah. interested in. Yeah. So, oh, isn't that, y'all, if y'all are listening, this is very encouraging. This is profound. You all need to hear this. Sister Brewster. Yes. A question that I want to ask you, and both of y'all can expound, you know, on, on this question. But I want to hear from you, uh, Sister Brewster. Is it important that we keep, you know, single parents? I don't know if you want to say, say with dealing with the hygiene or things like that, because you know you got a lot of young black women. Mm -hmm. I've seen this. They go to the schools, they cussing everybody out with yes. a scarf on their head. I wish y'all can hear me out there. Mm -hmm. They have on slides. Mm -hmm. They just have a nightgown on or uh, whatever, uh, just pajamas. Do we need to go to our schools if we're going to be involved with our black children? Dress like that. Uh, how should we? I mean, not to talk about because some people don't have clothes, but it's always a way to be appropriate right, right. and presentable. You can't go to school with a blood in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. You can't go to school. You know, cussing everybody out, park where right. you want to. Mm -hmm. You got to be presentable. And I'm not right. judging no one. Oh, God, please, I wish y'all would hear me. Sister Brewster, how how would you address that with the young, especially young black women? And if you can address the black men as well with the dress code and being presentable to the schools. Because they look at the teachers and principals, sisters, all of they, mm -hmm. the counselors, they look at that. Right. What I have done in... Representative, I keep calling her representative, mm -hmm. Honorable Stovall, know that I have reached out to the schools in Clayton County because uh, they have those, what those regulations, those rules mm -hmm. that kids can dress a certain way. Dress code. Dress code. Dress code and mm -hmm. disciplinary uh, codes yeah, yeah. that they need to be enforced. They need to be enforced. Someone need to go to the school and have a class. That's required by all students starting in elementary school. Hey, this is what a felony is. This is what a misdemeanor. This is how it can affect your life. This is the way you need to dress. But sometimes you have to go back to the home where that child That's is what I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. What's going on in that home? Okay. Because, see, you can try to teach them, but when they get mm -hmm. back in that same environment, things they're looking at other students right, right, and how they right, dress, right, how they sag right, their right, pants, right, how they right, talk, right. how they sling, talk, whatever. Right. Isn't that right? Right. Yeah. It, that, is that a, that's a problem. No, it's a huge problem. I, I um, do substitute teaching. That's one of the reasons my voice is a little cracky this morning. <laughs> You'll be hollering. Oh, I, sometimes I do. <laughs> you don't holler, I, I have to flick the lights <laughs> in the classroom and everything. You know, and it's sad because you have students that come ready to learn. Yeah. You could tell that their parents, you know, talk to, them, to, yes. talk to them at home yeah. and let them know what their responsibility is when they go to school. Then you have some who parents did talk to them, like I used to talk to mine. But when he got to school, he forgot half of what I told him. Mm -hmm. um, and because of his that peer pressure. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of our young people are facing, peer pressure. But it also goes back to the parents. Mm -hmm. You know, the parents are looking at the school as a babysitter. And it's not your babysitting parents, 
The school is there to help support the discipline that you instill at home. It is not the job of the school to have to discipline your child and um, do all these other things. So, yes, parents have to know, um, you know, what how they need to present themselves. Yes. Because first impression, I don't care what nobody say, is the last impression. And when you come up there fussing and cussing at the teacher, thinking they're doing something wrong to your child instead of asking your child, like my daddy said, piss poor parent don't know their own child. Mm-hmm. My dad used to tell me, I know. If they tell me you did something, I can tell whether you, what did, you it. did it. I might not know when you <laughs> did it, but I know, I know you, you did, did it. it yeah. right. Or if no, that's not the case. You know, they probably did I'm with you. And so you have some parents that come up there so aggressive saying, my child didn't do this and that. And then when you ask the child, well, I did this, and the parents standing there looking crazy. They know it. You know, yeah. right. And I had yeah, the child even allow me to say that I did something that I didn't do. and stood there in my face and told me I did it. Uh-huh. I started wondering, did I do it? You know, because <laughs> I was so good. <laughs> so I think that, like Beverly said, there has to be additional classes. And one of the ways that in order to be able to have parents going to those classes who are not going to go voluntarily is that you sometimes have to tie it to something else. Yeah. So, like, if you're giving out food, it might not be food, but something else that they really want, you got to slide oh, them those classes in. Yeah, you got to slide some, cake, some, yeah, some, some, yeah. some, some classes Dedicated in tweakers. some kind of way. And I think we have to look at how do we meet them where they are. You know, it might not be physically in person. It may be some mixture of virtual classes, like right now. Uh, my sister and I have been collaborating with doing some uh, advocacy classes. And so we've been doing in-person and online about how to be uh, advocates. So I think it's going to take a mixture. Wow, this is so good. Listen, this is something that needs to be talked about. Man, look at all these nuggets, this good information that we're receiving from Sister Stovall and Sister Brewster. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. How can we reach you guys? To help the individuals out there that need your help. Sisters Brewster, how can we reach you guys? Okay, we can be reached. Our website is nationallg.org. And we can be reached. Um, you can send an email through the site. Or you can contact us at 770-997-6868. Can you repeat that one more time so we can all make sure we got a good understanding of who you guys are and where, how to reach and can, uh, contact you all? Okay. The website is nationallg.org, and the telephone number is 770-997-6868. We're about to get ready to wrap this thing up. But listen, I don't care who wanna, who would answer it. But I want to ask this question because we, we want to be transparent and we want to use, uh, keep humor in what we're doing. And I think I think this question is going to go to Sister Stovall. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> tell me the truth. Sister. Don't be afraid. It's just tough because they say, oh, they proper now. They don't do these things. They don't. <laughs> when that boy made you so mad, did you want to just, I know you're Christian. You, you did, <laughs> did you want to just get out of your character and just knock him side his head while he was in? <laughs> tell us, Kitty, that's why we got a few about, minutes. You're saying about my son or somebody else's child? Oh, uh, somebody else's child. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I did do, when I used to have a room at the school. They knew that was our special room that I took my son to um, to give him some love, some of that on, <laughs> on kind of love, like contact, <laughs> that contact love. And so, but those other children at that school, I tell them, I said, I only could do about three days or so. Uh, I said, because I like my freedom. I said, some of y'all need a good butt whipping with a belt. Did you really say it like that? I did tell them. I, tell them, I didn't curse or nothing like that, but I did tell them that. Because some of them need their hands put on them. And these parents are giving these kids too much. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make up or compensate for what they didn't, didn't do for them. They're not being present. And it's not the things that these kids need. It's love that they need. Um, so we definitely encourage you all to reach out to us at um, National Leadership Group, March 21st. We're going to be down at the state capitol. Yes. Go to the website so you can see. We're also going to be at the Golden Glide Skating Ring Beautiful. for a single parent skate night. Yes. Um, that's on a Tuesday. And then on the 25th, we're having an awards recognition uh, banquet. We're looking for vendors and sponsors. Amen. All right. Isn't that beautiful? We had a wonderful time yes. here today. Did so y'all much. enjoy y'all yes. selves yes, to speak to the did. people? Thank you so much.
You're a great host. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Keep us in your prayer. Yes. You all better listening. I hope you all receive something from these powerful women. We want y'all to stay tuned to the next time with Dr. Bonnie with a view. And I'm your co-host, Pastor James Hunter. Thank you. God bless you. We look forward to seeing and hearing you again. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Bonnie Bonita with a view. Please remember to send in any questions or comments to WIGLAM1570.com or you can reach Dr. Bonnie Bonita directly at BonnieBonitaWorldwide.com. You can also join our army of volunteer advocates. It takes a village. Our email address is Dr. Bonnie Bonita at BonnieBonitaWorldwide.com. 